we'll be talking from the book of Acts. So uh, we've been going through book of Acts uh, whenever I come here these days. Uh, so today I'm, I'll be preaching from the book of uh, Acts chapter 4. What is act- actually happening in chapter 1 uh, is actually Jesus was resurrected. And uh, that was a really big historical event. Uh, in, in, uh, so he divided um, the history into two, A.D. and B.C. Um, but lots of uh, opposition for the early church. Then one guy was, uh, uh, you know, missing in the out of 12. Then they uh, appointed a 12th person. Uh, his name is Matthias. Then chapter 2, the coming of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus promised, don't just go, wait for the promise. The promise from the Father. So they were waiting and waiting and waiting. And the day of Pentecost, they were together waiting for, uh, I don't know, even they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come on that specific day. But they were waiting and waiting. Um, but in chapter 2, we can see the uh, the dramatic, uh, breathtaking arrival of the Holy Spirit. And people were speaking in tongues and uh, people were asking, what is going on? Some people say they were uh, drunk and uh, all kind of things uh, are going on. Then Peter stood up and preached, you know, guys, this is the fulfillment of uh, uh, Joel that is already prophesied um, in, in the Old Testament. This is not a random thing. This has happened accordingly, exactly as God planned. Then uh, church is uh, growing to 3,000. Um, chapter 3, we can see, I preached last uh, time, uh, there is an amazing healing happening. There were Peter and John going to the temple for worship. Then there was a guy sitting there for a long, long time. So he was nearly 40 years old. Then he was looking at them for a miracle, no, for some money. Then he said, we don't have silver or gold, but we have something. So rise up, get up, and uh, walk, you know. So he stood up. And uh, so that was an amazing miracle happened. So you know that one. So when a person sitting there for a long time, and everyone knew about this one, and this this news can spread like a fire, you know, everywhere. Uh, somebody's tweeting, no, not that time. Somebody Facebooking, or somebody's blogging, somebody's taking a facey with this, you know, like a uh, uh, like a uh, uh, selfie uh, 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 with this person. Oh, this is a guy. So at that time, uh, it didn't happen, but it spread around the world, you know, that specifically that area. So everyone is talking this one. But some of the people were really excited, especially this guy was excited, disciples were excited, but some of them were really, really not excited at all. So that is an exciting story. We will be seeing about the disappointment of a group of people. Chapter 4. Let me read a couple of verses or five verses. Then we will talk through that one. Then we will go step by step. The priest and the captain of the temple, temple guard, and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, elders, teachers of the law met in Jerusalem, Annas, the high priest was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. 
by what power or what name did you do this? Chapter, uh, uh, verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stand before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which was become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. This is something uh, happening uh, in chapter 4. Because of this healing, Peter and John got the opportunity to talk to people. Maybe, maybe they came forward. Tell us more. How this is happening. We never came across these kind of things. This is something new for us. We have Pharisees here. We have Sadducees here. We have lots of stuff going on. But temple is always a boring place. Never seen any something dramatic. We know that you were with Jesus. Now he's gone. You are doing the same kind of miracle. You are doing the same kind of wonders. And you are doing something, continuation of the things Jesus already been doing while you were with him. And you are doing the same kind of thing. So... They got a good number of people to listen because of that miracle. And they were talking to these people. And that is the time priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Who are these people? Let me explain, give, give me a bit of background, then you will understand who are these people. This is the first time in the church history the persecution is just escalating or starting. Jesus was persecuted by Jewish people, Roman people, and lots of people, and they crucified him. And this is the first persecution in the history of the church, the Jewish people uh, persecuting the church. So here you can see Sadducees, who are these people? They are, belongs to the priestly kind of aristocracy. They are part of the priestlyhood. And they have a good relationship with the Romans. They have a good terms with the Romans. And what they do, they're trying to link the people with the Romans. It's kind of mediators. And uh, they're kind of power brokers in the Jewish society. They are the Sadducees. At the same time, they are the people you always see. They are sad, you see. Because whenever Jesus talks, they are sad. Whenever something sees, they are always sad. Even though all the scripture kind of things, they are always sad. In one way, they are the people, the sad you see, they are the Sadducees. Literally, they are. Then Pharisees, who are these Pharisees? A movement of several thousand of pious Jewish men who sought to interpret the law carefully and according to the tradition of the previous generation of the pious, or, or they are the scholars in the law, the Jewish law. They do study the scripture very well. They do interpret the meaning. And they are the kind of brilliant minds among the Jewish people to interpret or explain the meaning of the Jewish law. Then, captain of the temple. This is like a local police uh, force permitted by the Romans. 
allowed by the Romans. They are Jewish people, but they are in charge of the temple, making sure that everything is uh, going all right. Roman soldiers won't come to the temple to bring rules or the order into the temple. They allowed this, uh, this Jewish people to bring order in the temple. They're kind of local police, permitted by the Roman, uh, uh, Roman uh, authorities. Mainly they are from Levites kind of families. Then the fourth word, you know that the Sanhedrin, or, or I can say it's a Supreme Court. They are the top-ranking Jewish judicial council. Its member consists of the Jewish religion elite. Oh, they are the scholars there. The, the membership includes scribes, Pharisees, wealthy and educated businessmen, landowners, as well as other students of the law. It's a group of intellectuals coming together to bring uh, judiciary or kind of uh, law and order into the community or they are the supreme court of uh, uh, Jewish community. They are the Sanhedrin. Why they are really troubled? You know, they are just, uh, think about Peter and John, you know, he's just a fisherman. John is a fisherman. It's just a miracle happened there. Why do they need to worry about these kind of things? You know, they have a Roman uh, 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 people standing next to them. They have a big army there. And why they are strongly, greatly disturbed. Why, why, they are not making any, making any kind of uh, uh, calamities there. They are not making any revolution there. They are simply talking in the name of Jesus. And they are growing. That's the problem. Growth is the problem. So if they were just a small number, there was no threat. But it was 3,000 before. Now it's growing to 5,000. Not just men. That means there must be 10,000 people, you know. So historically, according to one of the Jewish historians, he says, at that time in Palestine, there was only 6,000 Pharisees existed, living in, in, in Palestine. But here, the church is growing 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, 8,000. The other side, in, in, in Palestine, there are only 6,000. They won't grow. Pharisees won't grow. They won't multiply. Then you can see, not only that, the Sadducees were a bit disappointed about the teaching about the resurrection. They can't agree with that one. Uh, that's the one conflict between Pharisees and Sadducees. Pharisees believe the resurrection of the dead, supernatural, angels, all kind of things they believe. But Sadducees, they don't believe these kind of things. They are always in friction with these kind of people. But for them, they have a common enemy now. That's the church. It's growing. And for the Roman Empire, another enemy, they might have communicated, see, there is a threat rising up. It might overthrow your government. We have a good relationship with you guys. We are allowing you to bring all kind of bring order and uh, everything in Jerusalem. And we are praying you tax. We have attempts and conditions. But church is different. They are a threat against you. So that they are bringing Romans. They are bringing Sadducees. They are bringing Pharisees against the church because of the growth. Not only that, the supernatural. Not just talking. They are doing amazing things. They are not just talking from the scripture. Actually, there is amazing, miraculous signs and wonders are going on. No one can deny. So people are talking about that. People are coming to listen to uh, to, to, to this uh, apostle, the fisherman. So these all things brought kind of fear, insecurity into the community of the Romans, Pharisees and Sadducees. That is the reason why they arrested these to uh, uh, these apostles. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, 
they put them into the next place. According to Jewish law, you're not allowed to bring a person for the trial uh, after a specific time. So they put him uh, into the jail. But many who heard the message believed and the number of men grew about 5,000. Verse 5, the next day the rulers and the elders, the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Anas, the high priest, where? So with Caiaphas, John, Alexander. And you can see that it's a family business. It's just like a group of people coming and asking a question. The question was, they had Peter and John brought before them, began to question. This is the key question. By what power or what name did you do this one? This is the question. We know that we are not denying these kind of things. But who gave you the authority? Who gave you the power to heal the sick? Who gave you to teach in a public setting? Who gave you authority to gather the people? Who gave you authority to, to the freedom of free speech? Because we are under the Roman law. Not only that, you are not educated. I will come to that point later. You are. You don't have the right to do that one. But what was the response of Peter? Peter were filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, What does it mean by filled with the Holy Spirit? Did he speak in tongues, making some shaky kind of things? No, I think like he, he spoke with boldness. He spoke with courage. Actually, boldness is connected to the Holy Spirit. You can't make yourself bold. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. He stood there and communicated what they believe very clearly, without any fear. Man, you're standing before Romans. You're standing before Pharisees. You're standing before Sadducees. You're standing before Sanhedrin. It is a dangerous place. They can put you to, to death. Your leader, Jesus, was was dead in because of them. They crucified him. Now, you're standing before them and talking with boldness and courage. Where did you get this courage from? Through the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, uh, 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 then he said, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people. They are respecting them. You know, okay, we know that you are the rulers and elders of the people. If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness to shown to a cripple and are asked to how he was healed, then know this. We already told that many, many times, but we'll have to uh, uh, repeat that again. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that is this man stands before you here. This is the story. This is not our strength. This is not our education. This is not our intellectual ability. This is not about us. We did this because of the power of the Holy Spirit, anointed us, and it happened because of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's the story. It's all about God. He's the one anointed. He's the one enabled us to do this uh, thing. This is an act of kindness. He was there for 40 years. Nobody healed him. Nobody gave him. You may have given some money, but nobody talked to him. Nobody ever gave him the real deliverance, the real healing. Now, Jesus is doing something outstanding in his life. He healed him physically, and he is doing a great work in his emotional life also, in his spiritual life also. Now he's spiritually alive, and he is physically alive. 
We can see that in Acts chapter 3, he was praising God, he was thanking God, he joined with this group and worshipped God. That's a sign of spiritual deliverance, you know, focusing to God and thanking to God for everything. These things are happening because of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. At the same time, he was not dead, whom you raised from the dead, this man stands before you healed. Verse 11, he is... This is an amazing proclamation from them. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone of the cornerstone. You are the builders. You are the teachers of the law. You know about the Messiah. It is written. You know about all these things. You are supposed to teach them. You are supposed to bring people together to God. You know everything. But you push him away. You cast him away. But... According to God, he became the cornerstone. He became the cornerstone of, uh, he became the cornerstone, the stone the builders rejected, which was become the capes, uh, the capes, capstone or the cornerstone. Jesus also did mention, uh, this one in his talk. It's actually taken from Psalms 180 verse 22. We don't need to go there. And Matthew chapter 21, 42 also Jesus mentioned. Matthew chapter 21 verse 42. He also mentioned, I'm the cornerstone. You rejected me. Jesus also mentioned about his rejection, uh, uh, his rejection from the Jewish community. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under the heaven give to men by which we must be saved. All this talk, after all this talk, this is the climax. This is the climax. He's building the case. Healings, miracles, Jesus of Nazareth, he was risen. What is the final point? What is the main point they would like to bring? There is no other name. Salvation is found in no one else. That is the full stop. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind to which you be saved. You know, So that is the climax of his message. All this healing pointing to the Savior. All this miracle pointing to the Savior. All this supernatural pointing to the Savior. All this kind of boldness pointing to the Savior. It's not about us. It's about God. It's about the saving grace demonstrated through Jesus. This is our climax. This is our point. There's no other name in this heaven or earth to be get saved. Only one name. That is Jesus. That is the point they are bringing. I can, I can see a big silence in that courtroom. My goodness. Not like you guys. You are quite awake and saying amen and praise the Lord. They were thinking, my goodness, this is something we were not expecting. What is the response? Verse 13. They saw the courage of Peter and John. I was thinking about the Sanhedrin eyes were opening. My goodness. Maybe opening their mouth. Like this, you know. Maybe not. People a bit more wide, you know. Uneducated. Uncivilized, smelly fishermen. They didn't have shower jello shampoo at that time. It's not mentioned in the Bible. So there's no historical evidence they have a proper shower. I don't know. They are disgusting, low caste, outcast people in the community. They've never been to Oxford. They've never been to Sheffield College or University or never been to Cambridge. But we Pharisees studying this stuff, 
day and night. But these people are talking with boldness. That's the problem. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. There is no difference between his master. He was an uneducated guy. He's a carpenter. He's from in, from the village of Nazareth. You know, just a, it's a, it's a low class community. And he made some of miracles and wonders. We managed to kill him. And they are saying he's resurrection. Okay, we don't know that. But the same people walking with Jesus, they are talking with boldness. This is not easy. For us might be easy because this is a free country. You have a freedom of preach. You have a freedom of expressing things. You can tweet or you... I don't know whether you can tweet many things. You will be in trouble now, you know. And so, especially if you are in, in a specific job, so especially Alistair kind of things, you, uh, you, most of the time, if you are sensitive things, uh, tweeting, you will be in trouble. Don't do that. There, they are talking before this Roman Empire. All this Sanhedrin. They're talking with boldness. And they say, these people are an educator. What is the point Peter and John bringing? Peter is saying, even if you are descendant of, uh, uh, of Abraham, it won't save you. Even if you are following the law every day, it won't save you. Even if you're doing good works every day, it won't save you. Even if you're giving money to the temple every day, it won't save you. Your good work, your family heritage, nothing will save you for salvation. There is only one name under heaven and earth, that is the name of Jesus. So that's the point he's bringing. They didn't like that one, because for them they believe, if we follow the law of the Moses, if we are part of the descendants of Abraham, we will be safe, we will be part of the kingdom a kind of heritage. But uh, Jesus said, Jesus, uh, Jesus said uh, in Jesus, uh, John chapter 14, verse 6, uh, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That was the claim from Jesus. They are repeating the same thing. There is only one, uh, there is only one name to get saved. That is the name of Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 6. Let's read that one. Um, John chapter 14, verse 6. I am the way, the famous scripture. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. There's another scripture. It's, uh, it's very clear there also. 1 Timothy chapter, chapter 2, verse 5. For there is, Wally, there is one God. There is one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. There is no other name. There is no other name. But they were not happy about this kind of proclamation, especially from the uneducated, unlearned, common people. They are casting out demons. They are doing lots of miracles. But we are not happy with that one. That's the main struggle. Verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. 14. But since they could see the man who had been healed, standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. 
Because there is a, there is an evidence there. There is, it's really, really clear there. Thank God for them, they didn't give the opportunity to speak to that guy, you know. He might have taken 45 minutes to speak something, you know. You know, he might say, he might get, you know, excited and say, what are you saying? You were talk, you were walking through the street, you never did this to me. You gave me some money, and you give some food or something, but they changed my life. They changed my attitude, they changed my destiny, because I know God can, God cares for me, God heals me, and my life is changed and transformed, but you never ever did to me. But why are you so upset when some joy and kindness, some life God brought into my life, you're bringing these men to trial? That's not fair. My parents were uh, 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 like a uh, hopeless or like they were limited in their helping me in my life. But these men, ordinary men, transformed my life. Through the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. As they see, nothing is going to happen because there is an evidence there. They said, take them away. We need to discuss. We need to discuss actually what is actually going to do with them. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and they conferred together. What are we going to do with this man? They ask. Everybody lives in Jerusalem knows these things have uh, outstanding miracle. You know, all these things have happened. And we cannot deny it. Only one way, we should stop them. We should stop them preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus. That's it. Shut up. Enough is enough. Okay? We will give you a concession. We are not going to do anything harm to you. There is only one condition. You can safely go home. One condition. No more talking in the name of Jesus. That's it. What was the response from Peter and John? They called them again and commanded them not to speak, to teach all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge yourself whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. That's their main reply. You know the scripture. You know what's God's heart. You know God is compassionate. You know who God is, you know, from from the law. Tell me what we need to do. Are we supposed to obey God or are we supposed to obey you guys? If you're thinking you know all the scriptures and everything, you're supposed to support what we are doing, but you are against what actually what, what we are doing. We're completely opposing what we are doing. And they said, no, this is not good. This is not right. This is not fair to say you're not allowed to talk in the name of Jesus. They said, Now, we are going to keep on pressing that one. For we cannot help speaking about what he has seen or heard. We are not making up the story. Whatever we do, is there there are evidence there. There is a personal conviction there. Not only that, there are evidences out there. People being healed. People being set free. People are free. They are rejoicing. They are enjoying God. They are coming back to God. There is a celebration happening in houses. People are coming out from addiction. People are coming from uh, uh, different parts of their uh, uh, their life. And uh, we can see the evidence. We are supposed to. We are. We are excited to continue these kind of things. What Jesus asked us to do. They were rejected by the community. They were rejected by the society. They are rejected by the people. They are supposed to support them. But their response was rejecting the rejection. 
rejecting the rejection from the people they rejected uh, Jesus and his work. Although the evidence was overwhelming, the religious re- leaders refused to believe in Christ and continued to try to suppress the truth. We shouldn't be surprised if some people reject us and our positive witness for Christ. When hearts are hard and minds are closed, these things can happen. This actually the work of Satan, work of devil, you know, hardening people's heart. Where can we read that one? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Paul is talking about hardening the heart. The people are blind. They are, they, they are not able to see the truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. In their case, the God of this world hath blinded their minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. He is the image of God. He is the glorious son of God. He came and died. It's visible. It's there. It's true. But people can't understand it. People can't grasp it because they are blind. What is our response? Just chucking them into one corner, then labeling them. They are unbelievers. They are opposing the gospel. Now, God is encouraging to pray for them. God, open their heart. God, open their eyes. One time I was like that. One time, many, many years, I opposed the gospel. Many people communicate to me personally, gospel. They said, Jesus loves you. I said, no way. I don't want that one. People came to my house and gave me, do you want to come, come to a youth camp? They said, no way. I don't want to do that one. I was blind, but thank, I'm thankful to God who prayed for me, my grandmother. There are people who prayed for me. God used that prayer to save me. And one time I was blind, but in 1996, Jesus saved me. He opened my eyes. Everything's turned upside down. Now I can see. I'm a sinner. I have a savior. Jesus can set me free, you know. That transformed and turned my life upside down, backside friend, at last, right side up. Jesus did that for me. So, what is our response? In our workplace, in our neighborhood, when we communicate the gospel, there will be opposition, there will be rejection, there will be uh, persecution. Are we focusing on to the persecution more and more? Or are we looking at God? God, you can change people's heart. You can change people's minds. And people, you can open their eyes. So we love to trust in you, God. And we love to pray again and again and again. Because we are doing out of love. Love never stop us doing praying for someone. I remember Terry is here. He was mentioning about his, uh, grand, uh, his uh, father-in-law. You know, he prayed for 40 years. 40 years. I don't know whether I have the grace to do that one. The grace to do that one. He, they prayed for 40 long years. And before, uh, uh, before, you know, just like, there, there are, like, I think last year, you know, God saved him after 40 years, you know. God saved him. He knows Jesus now. He can see the truth now. I need Jesus. I love to, uh, uh, Jesus, would you save me? You know, all things are, uh, 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 change. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. We are responsible. We must pray frequently and fervently for those who are opposed to the truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. Sorry, 18. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us we are being saved. It is the power of God. Before 96, it was foolish for me. But after 96, April 14, 
it was the power of God. The same scripture, before that, fully, foolish. After that, is the power of God. So sometimes we can't, we have a tendency to label some people. Now, they're always opposing the gospel. Now, pray for them. Love them. Pray for them. And be a salt and light. Be kind to them. And pray for, uh, for their salvation. What is the nature of our persecution? What other different types of persecution can come? One is physical, you know, so it's quite obvious in, uh, among Jewish community, uh, I- I- even the best example is the death of Jesus. It was a very, very severe physical, emotional, uh, mental, uh, kind of persecution, you know. So I, I don't want to explain everything, I don't want you to explain everything, you know that one. In Roman time, Physical persecution was really severe. So they did. Nero time. At the time of Nero, the emperor, uh, uh, especially after the fire in, in Rome, what they did, they accused Christians for bringing that fire into uh, uh, to that city. What they did, they wrapped clothes around, uh, uh, around the, uh, the, their body and dipped them into oil or wax and uh, put the flame on them and used them for their evening meal. They can have their, uh, their celebration. So Christians were burned literally. That's the that's a severe kind of uh, persecution. India, I do remember uh, uh, there are times in Orisa people were burned. You know, just uh, uh, there are kind of that's quite brutal kind of things are happening. Uh, out of uh, twelve disciples, eleven of them were they 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 were martyrs. You know, except John, uh, uh, the the John, the Gospel of John, the John the Apostle was the one. Everyone else was martyred. They died for Jesus. They were, they, they were martyrs. Uh, J- uh, Peter was uh, crucified upside. That's the history he says. Even for John, it was not an easy thing, you know. So Domitius, uh, uh, the, the emperor Domitius, what he did, he usually used uh, uh, like an animal skin um, to wrap people and chuck them under severe sunlight, under the heavy sunlight. As the sun is getting hotter and hotter, this, uh, uh, the skin will get smaller and smaller. That will crush their bone and kill them. Eventually they will die. It's not an instantly chopping their head. Just kill them. And in Patmos, especially this, uh, uh, this island, there are eagles waiting for people to die, you know. They don't eat uh, uh, a, like a human flesh when they're alive. The moment they die, they say they will come and eat. That's the severe persecution people went through. In, in Iran itself, uh, recently for Christ and the prayer meeting, we were hearing that 500 people beheaded or killed last year itself because they were Christians. In India, uh, many people were, uh, died because of Christianity. In Middle East, people are dying because of Christianity. The most persecuted religion in the world is Christianity. The most burned uh, book in the world is the, the Holy Bible. The persecution is there. That's not, not something new. This is not something new. I don't want you to focus on, oh, my goodness, my goodness, this is happening now. So these, are, these things are happening for ages, generation. Kids watch this one. Parents watch this one. All generation went through these kind of tough times. In North Korea, China, India, Middle East, in Pakistan, you know, the blasphemy law is very strong there. If you say anything against the religion, you're finished. There's no question. You don't need to go to the Supreme Court. You don't need to go to the High Court. The religious leader will make the decision. In Nigeria, it's very severe. 
Another type of persecution is a, 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 is a, a, is an intellectual persecution. North Korea is very notorious for that one. North Korea, China, Iran, they use intellectual persecution, you know, uh, putting people into prison and uh, listening to, listening, uh, the communist kind of, uh, things again and again. You know, they can't, they're not allowed to listen to Bible, but they do, uh, switch on the speaker and to speak, uh, uh, Karl Marx kind of things for hours and hours and hours and hours. They can't switch off that one. Intellectually, uh, they do persecute. But there are times when church prayed. There was a guy called Saul. Now he knows Paul. God transformed him. God stopped him. God changed his heart. The persecutor became a key person to proclaim the good news. God did that. But many other situations, nothing happened. Why? I don't know. All I can do, God, you are sovereign. You are in charge. Sometimes I may not understand. Even one of my uh, 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 mentors in India, uh, he was mentoring me uh, 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 years. He told me one incident in one of the villages in, that's in Chennai, uh, one of the villages in, uh, in Tamil Nadu. He was sharing gospel. The fisherman caught him and, uh, he was tied up against one of the trees and they tried to strip his skin when he was alive. You know, literally happening there. Uh, he's still alive. We do go and visit him it's because of, uh, they didn't like the good news sharing in that village. At that time, his wife was praying in his house. Suddenly she felt, God is encouraging. I think she got some vision or something, inspiration inside her heart. Pray for your husband. Pray for your husband. Pray for your husband. Like, you know, the, the, the delivering pain in us. She was really in pain and she would scream and cry. Lord, I don't know what is going with my husband, but I'm going to pray, you know. She was praying for nearly 20 minutes. All this time, they're going to pull his skin when he's alive. He's still alive. He, he, he is a great man of God. Suddenly, all these 30 to 35 people started running away from him. Just left him and started running away from him. He, doesn't, he didn't know what actually happened. How did that happen? So the, the people, they, uh, they're part of the church believers, came later and um, helped him to, took him to, the, uh, uh, to, to, to his house. And um, uh, he, that, that was, he, he was completely uh, sick for months and months. You know what actually happened? The day, that evening, the morning, when the villagers came back to, to this tree, the whole tree was completely uh, dry. You know, all green leaves were completely dry and fallen. They were thinking, it was a green tree yesterday. Within one night, all leaves are dry and fallen. What is going on? End up in the salvation of the whole village. The whole village got saved. They have a big church there. So God can use severe persecution for his glory to set people free now. Even though we think, God, where are you? Where are you? These people, they were not asking for a stop. God, stop persecution. You know, just Lord, help us to stop persecution. All they were crying, God, give us the boldness to proclaim the good news. We will come to that later. Thus they cry, God, do great and mighty things. So there are times God did miracles. There are times nothing happened. People died. 
But in both cases, God used circumstances to glorify his name. And we need to, we learn to trust in God. Subtle, deceptive, mixed uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, persecution is mainly in the Western world. Even though I was going through some of the, there are 3,000, nearly 3,000 Islam convert people in England. They are in safe houses. They, are, they can't come out. It's very secret. In England, they can't say, I'm, I'm a Christian now. Because their life is in danger. I do think the place I live, the place I live, if somebody coming to Jesus there, it's, it's, not, it's not easy to, even in this country. It's there. But our problem, we are not looking at the persecution. We are not looking at the severity or the cruelty of the persecution. We are looking up to Jesus, who is the author of our life. Who is doing everything perfectly, amazingly, and someone who always do things in the right way at the right time. Our world say, be accommodative, be tolerant, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else, it's fine. Are you a Christian? That's fine. But you can't say that religion is wrong, or this is, Jesus is the only one way. You can't say that one. There are ministers who were taken from the radio show because he said, Jesus is the only one way. The next day, he is not allowed to come to the radio in England. <laughs> not in India or Middle East. Because he said, there are British, uh, uh, like uh, air hostess, she wants to wear a cross, but the court ruled she lost the job. There are people lost the job. There are people, they were severely, intellectually persecuted in this country because of the, they, they stood for the, for the gospel. As we are growing, seven congregations, promises, prophecies, God is uh, taking it to a third congregation. We are city church to shine in the city. But when the light is on, darkness won't be happy. There will be accusation. There will be persecution. There will be problems. There are challenges in front of us. Where do we look at at that time? Where do we turn at that time? Are we look at the problem or are we turn our faith and our, our mind to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our life? Darkness always hate light. Devil always hate the kingdom of God. Because he likes to control everything. He likes to bring everything together under his power. But Jesus came to set the captives free. We are proclaiming the good news. So I can guarantee, I can prophesy, there will be persecution. <laughs> there will be triumphs and there will be triumphs in your workplace. I'm not saying, I'm not talking about wearing a scripture printed t-shirt and going to a street corner and be, you know, just like you're doing something foolishly for the name of Jesus. Or climbing on the top of a something bigger. There's a Jesus. No, I'm not talking about that one. Living a life wherever God is asking you to be a salt and light, standing with boldness, saying, God save me. This is true. God is transforming life. Whether I'm understanding everything or not, this is the truth. I love to stand for the truth. That's the boldness. Even if I lose my job, even if 
They take my children away. I love to stand for the truth. Even if the majority believes Jesus is fake, the scripture is fake, my prayer, God, give me the grace to stand for your truth. That's the prayer. Because your word is true. Oiskinus put is in a nice way. I, I, I like to, uh, can you show me that clip uh, now, the, the one? Oiskinus, he, say, uh, he said, Christian faith is not true because it works. It works because it is true. It is true for anyone who seeks in order to find. Because the truth is true even if nobody believes it. And the falsehood is false even if everybody believes it. He brilliantly phrased that one. This is the true good news. Salvation through only one name. That is the name of Jesus. And these people, these fishermen and educators stood in front of thousands of people and proclaimed the good news by knowing that what they are standing for is the truth. That is why they prayed, God, stop the persecution. No, they said, they prayed, Sovereign God, give us the boldness. For example, if you're a doctor, there are many doctors in our, uh, in our, in our church. At the time of your, um, like a um, blood test and everything, you eventually found that that person is carrying a, uh, like a terminal illness. Will you be tolerant by thinking, I don't want to offend this person. I don't want to cr- cross with this person. Let me give a nice life for that person. I don't want to communicate the truth. If that doctor make that decision not to communicate the truth, that's not good. It's not a good news. What we, what, what, what are the, what are we expecting from a news? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. So we can go for a treatment. He can get cured. The same way we are communicating the truth. Sin kills. Separation from God lead us to separation from God for eternity. There's no coming back. But there is a good news. There is a good news. Jesus saves. Jesus redeems. Jesus delivers. Jesus brings you back to life and to, to light and life. He is the only one savior. There is a good news. He is not a joy killer. He is the joy giver. You can enjoy everything with Jesus. This is the good news. And this society say, look at the majority. Look at the intellectual people. They are atheists. Look at the majority. They don't follow God. Look at the majority. They don't go to church. If you are following majority, then you need to follow a God. Probably Hinduism. In India, ISR, Indian, uh, Indian uh, Space Research Organization, we just recently lo- launched a little thing into Mars. Successfully launched. Hey! No Indians? No. I know you guys are not happy. The guy is the chief scientist, or the, the main scientist. He's from Kerala, from my state. You know what he did in the morning before launching of that, uh, uh, that uh, little thing? He took the model into a temple 
and he prayed to the God. I will do this one. And he broke a coconut there. He's an intellectual, one of the top scientists in the world. He is a believer in one of the gods in India. If you're looking about majority, you should follow that one. There is no intellectual argument in that one. You know, follow the majority. It's not about majority or minority. It's all about the truth. Even nobody believes the truth. Truth never ever changed. Truth is always true. But we know the truth. That's by the grace of God. God opened our eyes and he enabled us to see the truth. This is our prayer. God opened our eyes. What is our uh, what Jesus said, you know. So Jesus said many times, blessed in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. I'll just read through some of the scriptures, then we will go to the next portion. Matthew chapter 13, verse 11. And they bring you to trial and deliver you over. Do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say. Say whatever is given to you in your heart, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Jesus also mentioned there will be persecution. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 till 11. Sorry, that was Mark 13, 11. This is Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 till 11. Blessed, two blessed. There is only one portion in the scripture that's doing two blessed together. That's a, the persecution age. So it's a double blessing if you're persecuted. <laughs> blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice! Don't get disappointed. Rejoice! And be exceedingly glad. I love that scripture. How can I do that? I need God's grace to do that one. My common response is discouragement, fear, anxiety. But God is encouraging what you are standing for, what you are believing for, is not a religious idea. This is life-giving message. This is the truth. So rejoice. Shall we shout together? Rejoice. rejoice. No, a bit more. Rejoice. rejoice. And turn to the next person and say, exceedingly glad. Turn to your next person and say, Some of them are not looking at each other, especially husband and wife. I think they have some family problems. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'll pray for you at the end. This is what Jesus is asking. Rejoice. Paul said rejoice when he was in chains. The night he was severely persecuted by the people of the jailer. That night they were singing and praising. How can you do that? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Your joy is not on the basis of what you see or experience outside. The joy is on the basis of the way you see God and your understanding about God. Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Yes, and all who decide to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. What's the response? What's the response? In Acts 4, 23. They prayed together. Peter and John went back to their people and they said, when they heard this, verse 24, they raised their voice together and prayed to God. God, stop persecution. No. God, blind this man. No. God, send a fire from heaven and burn them. No. God, let there be a 
earthquake there in that Seninhan. You know, just now he didn't, they didn't pray for that word. They cried, Lord, you are sovereign. You are sovereign. That's the proclamation because that is their understanding about God. And they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. God, you are in charge of everything. You place the sun and the moon and the stars and everything. God, you are big, you are huge, you are amazing, you are big. Why should we worried about this small little Sanhedrin? Because we have a big God who is in charge of everything. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of the servant, our David. Why do nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod, Pontius, Pilate uh, met together in, uh, with Gentiles and people of Israel in the city. conspired against your holy servant whom you anointed. They did what? Your power. That's very, very important. 28. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. They're saying nothing will happen in this earth outside God's plan. If I'm persecuted, I'm glad that's your plan, God. All my prayer, let your name be glorified. See the way seeing? The world will say in a different way. Many Christians will say in a different way. But the best way to see the things happening in our life in the scripture way, God, you are in charge. You are in charge of my life. I love to trust in you, God. Whatever happens in my life, I love to believe that you are in charge. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable our servant to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Verse 31. After they prayed, the place they were meeting was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word, word of God boldly. That's the result. Amazing. Amazing. When I was reading uh, Philippians, actually, yesterday I was crying, you know, just, I was reading. My, Paul went through really tough times. Then he's saying, my chains God used for his glory. But I want you to pray for me again. So I can proclaim. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Both are gain. Gain because I got Jesus. I know Jesus. He is the savior king. I know Jesus. But pray for me to bold. Pray for me to be, to be clear. Pray for me to stand in my chains. Rejoicing. Knowing that God is in charge. What Jesus, what God did, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. God gave them boldness. So they can rejoice. They can celebrate in the midst of persecution. Let me finish. God is taking it to a new level now. Three congregations, seven congregations. Maybe you might be going to another country. God is using you in a different ways. Persecution is guaranteed. But our focus is not on the persecution. Our focus is on the sovereign king. He is in charge. Our understanding, our identity in Christ will enable us to turn to God. That's why we are praying for, in Friday prayer meetings, you know, every night. 
you know, coming together, calling upon God. God, we need you, God. Lord, give us the grace to, to the elders and leaders, God, so we can stand for the truth. All we need, your grace, to stand with boldness. Persecution is real. But above all, you are sovereign. You are king. I'm struggling, God. I do struggle to stand boldly. But I just read, you gave them the Holy Spirit to be bold. Let's pray.